Hey guys. Hello. Welcome to Boss Bitch. Boss Bitch, baby. Um, this is our first edition of a current Boss Bitch that we sat down and talked with. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky enough to sit down and talk with Tracy Wigfield. That's right. She is a writer, producer, and actor mm-hmm. who has won an Emmy for her work on the season finale of 30 Rock. Mm-hmm, which she co-wrote with Tina Fey. Um, then she went on to work on the Mindy Project uh, and act on it as well. Yeah. And now she is the showrunner and creator of Great News, which will air in April. We'll put the rest of the information about that on our Instagram or whatever social media we have. Both Instagrams. We're, both Instagrams. We have two. Um, anyway, we hope you guys enjoy it. We had a really great time talking to her. She was super charming. and Her eyelashes were immaculate. Yes. She had... She had amazing eyelashes. So, Tracy, thank you so much for being our very first boss bitch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So let's start from the beginning, though. Let's start from the way The way, way back. Um, You grew up in New Jersey. (laughs) I did, Uh yeah. What kind of kid were you? Um... I, you know, I think I was like a funny kind of weird, a uh, little bit of a weird kid, um, but not, not ostracized. Right. <laughs> like I actually, I, I grew up um, in New Jersey and I went to a small Catholic school uh, from kindergarten to eighth grade and, and there were only like 20 kids in our class. Oh, wow. And it was kind of the best thing you can do for someone's self-esteem um, just because it was like, yeah, out of 20 people, like, of course I'm most popular mm-hmm. <laughs> out of 20 people. Like, like just, yeah, yeah of, of course the I'm. The pool is yeah. so small that like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause like the pool was so small. You could like win, you know, win the Halloween costume contest mm-hmm. and win the talent show and like stuff. Homecoming and so, queen every year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, and, and I was, you know, I was class, I was, uh, class president in eighth grade and stuff. And then when I went to... Who did you run against? Like, was it no Like, no one. Like, I think, like, maybe there was, like, yeah, maybe, like, one one other girl or something. Mm -hmm. But then when I went to high school and there were, like, 200 kids in my class, I was like, oh, okay. Like, no, I'm normal. Did you have a lot of friends that went from your elementary school to your high school? Only my best friend did. Um, Mm -hmm. My best friend, Renata, uh, who, uh, who, she, she was kind of funny, like, me too. And we used to make, like, funny sketch videos together and stuff when we were kids. And uh, she went to my high school with me. But I went to, again, I went to, like, an all-girls school, which was another kind of, like, um, bump to my uh, self-esteem because it's, like, also sort of a weird school situation where you're just, like, taking out the element of, like, shitty guys who are, like, making you feel shitty about yourself. So, like, a competition between, like, who gets the hottest dude Yeah, it kind Right. It kind of, like, subdues... um, Yeah, it's not just, like, guys are especially... Like, I feel like girls always get... Um, a reputation that they're like so mean to each other in high school. But I also feel like men are very mean to girls in high school yes. too. And also girls would not be so mean to each other if there were if not, you guys. Remove yeah. if you remove the guys from it, cause it's like, what are we competing about now? Yeah, totally. uh, you know, so it, I, the school I went to was like academic and, um, yeah, like I don't, I don't think there was any kind of like bullying or anything. But you know, maybe I just wasn't part of it. But or maybe I was a bully. <laughs> but I, um, I no, but More I think. bullied. <laughs> but I, I think it, it was just because it was like an all girls school, and like I don't know that that's not super part of it, or at least it wasn't my experience. Would that's you great. send your kids to an all? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Just girls though. Girls, okay. I would totally because I feel like guys are like shitty and weird and you want to keep your your daughters away from them for as long as possible and also I think like then you just get rid of like weird um things where like the 
male science teacher subconsciously is just like picking guys to answer the questions or something. I don't know if that's real, but if it is like, at least that that can't be happening. Um, I don't know if I had a son, I don't know if I'd send him to like a boy's school. I I think the vibe there's different. Socialized with girls more. Yeah. But let them socialize with someone else's daughter, (laughs) you know, but the boys, I feel that way. Cause like my brother's schools, like we had an English teacher once who came to, um, Immaculate Heart where I went um, from our brother's school and was like, you girls are so good. Like the boys, used to, I had a boy in my class who threw a desk out the window. Oh like God. they were like prisoners. His name was the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a school for mutants. It was our brother's school. X-Men. Yeah. It was the X-Men, X-Men Academy. X-Men that's Academy. right. It was the X-Men the, Academy. The Professor Xavier Academy for it, gifted uh, that's, youngsters. That's who my English teacher was, was Professor X. <laughs> it's weird. He was in like a floaty wheelchair. <laughs> yes. um, great, so what about college? Did you go to where'd you go? I, I went to I went to a Catholic. I'm not not that <laughs> you Catholic. are. I went Going to Boston it. College, which is like a Jesuit college in Boston. But it was both male female. Yes, genders, so right? it was like a co-ed college. Was that college. a little bit of? a shock for you or was it just like, <laughs> I'm around dudes now. Yeah. yeah I don't like know. I mean, I did get a sense a little bit. I was like, Oh, like a lot of the guys here are like not into my deal, <laughs> but I think it's because it was, it wasn't like going to like, and what, and it wasn't specifically because it was co-ed. It was because it was like, a certain kind of school. Like, I don't right. think I would have had the same feeling if I went to like NYU or, or totally. you know, did you have a Columbia drink of choice in college? Uh, in college. What did I use? Just like, um, just like, 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 like Russian shit vodka Mm -hmm. and like, like, I don't know, like Kool-Aid or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like blackout sense. This might be my question for all of our guests, (laughs) what their drink of choice was in college. Now, now for years, my drink of choice has been, um, vodka soda with grapefruit juice. Get that at a wedding. They have it everywhere. So refreshing. Yeah. 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 Really nice. It's a little bit of effervescence. Yeah. Like the sweetness that's not going to make you feel like (laughs) terrible the next day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could drink a hundred. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Goes down real easy and nice. Yeah. So when you were growing up, is this what you saw yourself doing working in the industry? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I did. Like when we were kids, my sister and I did commercials. Mm-hmm. And so we were like child actresses. My sister That's more amazing. successfully mm-hmm. than I was. Um, so I think I thought I would be like an actress or something mm-hmm. or um, or like a uh, or like a model. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Again, I had like a lot of confidence. I, I would love be like that. A, like a I, rock star. I was certain I was going to be the first five foot two model. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I grew up. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which can like, still happen. I'm, I'm, I'm like the best. Right. I'm I am scoliosis. <laughs> I like how that was like And slowly. really thin hair. <laughs> I should definitely be like in Milan. Yes. Just hitting that catwalk. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think I thought I would be in entertainment or television kind of in some capacity, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. not specifically writing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then after college, what was your first job? Um, when, well, when I first got out of school, um, my first job was, uh, I got, I got a job as a page at David Letterman. Mm -hmm. So I applied for the NBC page program, which is the one I I think people know more Mm -hmm. about. Um, but I was rejected from it. Mm -hmm. So then I, um, my mother knew, um, my mother's cousin's like wife had worked in the accounting department of Letterman. Mm -hmm. And so like sent my resume in that way. And, um, it was like a, like a $10 an hour job where you, um, you're just kind of like a movie theater usher. Like you see Mm -hmm. people in the audience and you like tell them to turn off their cell phones and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I did that for like 
um, less than a year. And then I, um, the, the guy, uh, one of the guys who was an executive producer of Letterman, this guy, Rob Burnett, um, was, uh, created this show for ABC called Nights of Prosperity. And I had met him a couple times. And then when I heard his show, uh, that his show was going, I asked if they needed any PAs. And so then I started, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. I, I don't know why, how I like, it was like very smart looking back yeah, that, absolutely. because it was literally also the only connection I had. Like yeah. he was the only person I had met at the show. Like right. everyone else I talked to was just the audience, but he, but one of my jobs was to stand next to the control room. I don't know why. I think like some, I think they just had too many pages and they're like, one of your jobs is just to mm-hmm. stand here and just like <laughs> make sure everything's okay. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. I got this guy. And so I stood, I would stand there and then during the show, I talked to him a couple times and he was a nice guy. And I remember hearing that his show, uh, was greenlit. And so I like sent him an email and, uh, he gave me a job as a, uh, writer's PA mm-hmm. on his yeah. show. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that show only went, how long? Um, like thir- 10 or 13 episodes or something. So then when that show was canceled, it filmed in Silver Cup Studios, uh, it, it would, it, which is in Long Island City in New York, in the same building where 30 Rock filmed. And so then when that show was canceled, I uh, kind of like walked around like handing out my resume to other places in the building. And, and just went for it. Like, I yeah, but I guess to just to stupidity, you know, like but that's I, part of it. But isn't people, it? people, people is the best that. way yeah. to have like confidence. Yeah. Just, I, I had a girl today uh, cause I get a lot of emails obviously from girls, uh, who like want to be comedy writers and mm-hmm. stuff. And I got an email last week from someone who it wasn't really, she was like a little unclear about if I knew her or not. And she was like, Hey, like I, I just wanted to talk. Like I, I just, I was wondering if you had a couple minutes to chat or something. And she sent me an email and I was like do I know this person who is this and I ended up writing her back and I talked to her today mm-hmm. and I was like how did you get my email and she was like well I just tried like a couple different ones <laughs> and <laughs> she just like figured it out it's so ballsy <laughs> I so ballsy yeah. I would but I wasn't that smart like I would never think to just like do but that's like a detective still, you're like well I'm in the building I'm in know. the building it was more that it was yeah. like how it was like an old timey kind of way of getting yeah. a job but nowadays that's like, the equivalent because like when I had my first email was like cappy 9704 my cat my address you know like yeah now it's just yeah our yeah names, yeah, so. yeah everyone's yeah. emails just I know that's yeah. like the <laughs> that's the scary thing like literally any celebrity's email I've ever seen it's always just like Great. Beyonce at gmail.com <laughs> so like you really can't figure out anyone's email if you try like two times yeah I'm gonna go home and try to I have some homework to do you yeah. know what? I'm gonna try too I'm gonna try Beyonce at gmail.com and also Beyonce at Beyonce.com at Beyonce.com yeah, in case yeah. she owns her own if exactly. she's a webmaster or at com. what's the one that's on your phone that yeah. I get oh yeah I have no idea how to access that <laughs> I have no just clue disappear. things just disappear um Okay. The biggest twist. I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm being, I'm no, being no. done with Beyonce's email after this. But what if she's still AOL? She might still be AOL. Well, like, yeah, that would be the biggest thing. twist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, passing your resume around at Thirty Rock paid off. Yes, mm-hmm. and so my boss, that guy Rob, um, knew the line producer at Thirty Rock and gave a good recommendation for me, which I think is kind of just like the key to yeah. getting any job, right? Mm-hmm. Because is just like to have someone who will vouch for you because there's so many people trying yeah. to get jobs. And so he gave a good recommendation for me. And then they were looking for a writer's assistant um, at 30 Rock. And even though I hadn't done it before, they kind of needed someone right away. And mm-hmm. so I um, 
kind of got, I got the job um, really just on a phone interview, like uh, the head writer um, and I talked on the phone and he was like, how, how many words a minute do you type? I was like, I don't know. And, and I think he just like was frustrated by the end of the call and was like, all right, well, we need someone anyway. So just like come. And, and I, when I started, he was kind of like, um, we have, I, I don't know if this was a lie, but he was like, we have someone else in California that we want to give this job to. So like, you know, we will know in a week or so if he's coming to take this job. But I think that was just a lie a in case I sucked. Said, like and, then, okay. and then like they could fire me without feeling bad or something. They That's would be like, kind of thoughtful. Yeah. Um, yeah. It yeah. was like they made up a pre-excuse to fire me, yeah. but then, <laughs> so I worked there for a couple weeks and, but I still didn't know if I still had the job. So I kept going on other interviews for yeah. other jobs. Um, and I, I remember one day I had an interview for, to be the assistant of the guy who made that show Cashmere Mafia. Do you remember, remember that, that show? Yeah. And I was like, I have to leave at lunch to interview for Cashmere Mafia. And again, I think Robert, the, my boss, was just, like, so an annoyed <laughs> like mm -hmm. uh, that, like, I had to leave or whatever. He was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. That person's not coming. Like, you can keep the job. <laughs> He's like, I'm cutting it's this fine. shit because we yeah, just need just, you here. Yeah, you need have to lunch. Why don't you just have Don't one? go Making work on Cashmere Mafia. <laughs> Cashmere Mafia. What oh, a great man. title. So was it yeah. jarring to be in the writer's room for the first time? Um, yeah, it was. You know, because I, I really didn't know how – I going to, like, a liberal arts school, and before you're in a writer's room, you don't really know oh, yeah. how a show's written. Um, and I think I kind of thought that people would just be, like, off writing by themselves a little bit. But, like, in a comedy room, it's, like, very collaborative, and it's very fast-paced. And people are really thinking of jokes um, – not just jokes, but breaking stories and pitching jokes and stuff – uh, really in the moment kind of mm -hmm. it's more like improv even than mm -hmm. it is just like the kind of writing that you do creative writing that you do in college and so um, yeah I was like really kind of like oh forget it like this seems really hard and um, I like my brain doesn't work this fast which it didn't at the time but then it, you know it's like anything else that you just like are are in the room for a long enough time and right. then yeah you start to pick you it up that a little endurance bit. down yeah mm -hmm. yeah and I started doing improv too which helped mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the like, oh God, I couldn't possibly do that is also just sort of fear that you, that anything you say would be stupid or bad. Right. And also like once you get rid of wasting energy on that, then yeah, of course you can pitch at the same speed everybody else says, mm -hmm. you know. So how long were you at the writer's assistant? Um, two years. I was, um, I, uh, I was a writer's assistant and then a script coordinator, which is basically the same job, mm -hmm. um, for season two and then season three of 30 Rock and then season four, five, six, uh, seven, I wrote. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So when... We'll fast forward a little bit, if you don't mind. No, please slow it down. <laughs> you know, we'll go, let's let's go step by step through your first day as a script coordinator, mm -hmm. right? Um, what was your final choice? draft? Yeah. <laughs> Can you still name the shortcuts? Um, so you are a writer on Thirty Rock, yes. and then the finale is coming up. Mm -hmm. Did you yes. know that you were going to be writing that with Tina? Um, uh, no, well, not until they told me. Right. Um, they, you know, it's like how it works in a room is like everybody uh, kind of contributes and usually scripts are assigned based on like the hierarchy of the people right. in the room. And then sometimes they're, um, you know, when there's a couple left at the end, they're given out either because uh, you're good and they trust you or because maybe you contributed an extra amount to mm -hmm. uh, the breaking of an episode or something. I don't believe that I did. Um, so it was a thing like, 
uh, no, it felt like a real honor that, uh, you know, Robert uh, Carlock, who's the head writer of that show and um, created Kimmy Schmidt and is a producer on my show now, he um, he and this guy, Jack Burdett, wrote the first half of it, the, fir- the uh, first half hour, and then Tina and I wrote the second half hour. Mm-hmm. And um, no, it was, it was really an honor because I, you know, I did feel like I started there when I was like a tween and um yeah and it was it was a really nice um the whole experience was really nice but it felt very validating that uh they were trusting me with that yeah 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 yeah, you got to go through like every stage I know that's amazing yeah I and then now it does seem like incredibly lucky you know that like so many people have like Totally. So, you know, such more windy roads mm-hmm. uh, to it. But, like, yeah. It, and it was really just getting that first job. Right. Was this, yeah, yeah. Was the thing that did it. Yeah. So I did get very lucky. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you were also there <laughs> handing yeah. out resumes. <laughs> yeah. You were like, right. I wouldn't leave. Right. I chained <laughs> myself to the desk. Um, so what brought you out to L.A.? So 30 Rock ended, and then mm-hmm. I was, like, in a – I had never, you know, uh, gone out for uh, – staffing or had Mm -hmm. another writing job. So I was like very panicked about like, Oh, I'll never work in this town again. So, um, I, I was kind of actively looking for another job after it finished. And I had a couple offers, um, but they all seemed to be in LA. And Mm -hmm. the one that was the most appealing to me was, um, my Jack Burdett who wrote on the show was going out to write on the Mindy project. Mm -hmm. And I had watched that pilot and seen the first couple episodes and really liked it and thought tonally it was like a good match for Mm -hmm. me. And, um, so I, and I didn't interview for that at all. And I didn't know Mindy. It was a thing that like Jack was going there and Jack, uh, said to Mindy on the phone, like, uh, Tracy really likes the show and she's looking for a job and Mindy's like sure bring her along <laughs> and like it. Mindy and I had never talked or anything and she knew there was an episode of 30 Rock that I wrote that was like a send up of the Real Housewives called mm-hmm. Queen of Jordan and I remember uh, um, when that aired like Mindy who I didn't know but had no knew of had like tweeted me and been like I really like that episode so maybe she I think she kind of knew my writing anyway or I think she was just like tired and was mm-hmm. kind of like <laughs> send more people because it was like her first season of the show and I think they were really kind of depleted by the time we got there gotcha that's awesome yeah so you worked on Mindy for how many seasons three or four um (laughs) wait I went in the middle of season one and then I was there through the middle of season four Uh, in the middle of season four is when I left to do my show and what what has it been like to go from you know obviously being a higher level person on both of these shows yes to having your own you know, I, it's been, um, it, it wasn't easy. It, it was challenging, but I was very, I was very scared about running my own show just because mm-hmm. I'd never done it before. And I, I remember always thinking while doing jobs on 30 Rock or on Mindy, like editing or sitting on set or whatever, that I was like, man, I'm happy that like, I'm not the last line of defense in decision making. <laughs> because sometimes like a decision would come to you and be like, I really don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I have no idea. But, um, you know, it was, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was easier than I thought it would be, but like I, I did, I was very worried about it and, um, I didn't need to be as worried because like, like anything, when you're doing things, you kind of don't realize that you're like picking up skills along the way. And Mm -hmm. it's like every skill that was involved in like running a show I had done in some capacity. Like, you know, I had like edited and gone to production meetings and broken stories and run a room and, 
um, sat on set and worked with directors and stuff. So I had done all of it. It's and in a weird way, um, it's it's actually like a little harder um, to be the you know second in command or a high level person who's making decisions with someone else's right. taste in mind. Where yeah. like you know my show hasn't come on yet, so cut to it's universally panned and no one watches it. Immediately <laughs> canceled. But the good thing about um, it being your show is like you are the last word. So if, um, if there's a decision to be made, you just make it and like, it's right, you know, right. Until, until you see the cut and you're like, Oh, it was wrong. It was really wrong. <laughs> but you know, you don't, the good thing is you, you don't have to be playing that extra game of like, okay, I like this. Is this what Mindy wants? You know? Right. So like in that way, it's a little easier, but there's definitely, there were definitely parts of it that were, very challenging. It's a lot of work, you know, and it's very challenging and it's hard to really stay on top of everything because there's so much happening and you always have to like keep the, it's mostly just keeping the trains running, Mm -hmm. you know? Gotcha. Um, so how did, cause you also got staffed very young in like when you think about the average staff writer, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know the facts on this, but it's <laughs> like, you know, usually you, you work a long time before you get staff, but you got staff yes. very young. Yeah. And also, stereotypically, there's not a lot of women in the room. Right. Um, can you speak about that experience of being young and like one of few women? Yeah. In the room? I mean, I, I feel like I had a particular, like a, a kind of different experience because the two shows I worked on were the boss was a woman. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not the same as if I was like the only woman at like workaholics or like, I don't don't want to like call them out or some, you know, Mm -hmm. some show that feels very male and where the tone is set very male. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but you know, so like I, I, I never felt, I, I felt nervous and kind of, um, you know, and, and I was definitely timid and kind of like scared to pitch in the beginning, but, um, you know, Tina is very soft-spoken herself, mm-hmm. and um, she also is very good at kind of like list. I mean, she, you know, she was the head writer on SNL and and ran this show for seven years, but she is very good at kind of like listening to everyone in the room and sort of like even like very quiet people in the room. Like she she's a nice presence to have. Uh, when it's your first job because she would often be like, wait, wait, what was that? What did you say? And then you'd like repeat your stupid idea again. And then she would like kind of (laughs) build on it or Uh use it with something else or whatever. So she's not one of, and it's not just because she's a woman. It's, it's like her personality, but she's not like some like loud mouth, um, like asshole man who's, who's going to be like, blah, blah, blah. These are my story ideas. Mm -hmm. Like she, you know, she is kind of, um, soft spoken herself and, um, yeah, and very collaborative and comes mm-hmm. from improv and a collaborative background. And, uh, you know, and by the time I got to Mindy, I was like a loudmouth shrewd. So, like, uh, so <laughs> not shrewd, shrew. Mm-hmm. What's a shrew? A shrew? A, a shrew is like a businessman, like a savvy. It's like a savvy businessman, yeah. but a shrew a is, like, is like a screeching shrew? woman it, yeah. that like a man wants to I tame. I think it's also a rodent. Yeah, a rodent. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I was. Yeah. By the time that. I got to that show, mm-hmm. like I was just like screaming all the time. <laughs> and like, so is like the other women on that. And Mindy is very like not soft-spoken. Like mm-hmm. she and like the other girls on the show. And then it's like a couple of like loudmouth gay guys. And then like two scared men from Harvard. <laughs> just just like, I just it. want quiet. Oh, so like by it. the time I got there, like, y- you know, I, I was more of um, like an aggressor and they <laughs> filed suits against me. Mm-hmm. I never felt, I never felt like, 
I had any sort of, I, I was in any sort of situation where I was like, oh, I, I don't feel empowered to speak because I'm a girl mm-hmm. or anything. I know the, I'm sure those situations exist. I hear about all the time, like friends who work on shows. My sister just worked on a show where she was the only girl. Um, they had a tiny staff, but um, there, there's, that happens all the time. Right. And, and I think if I was in a situation like that where I was the only girl, and certainly in rooms sometimes I would be, um, I, that would be just a little weird, I think. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I, ne- I kind of never was because at least the boss was a, always a girl. Yeah, and that's so nice to hear that she was kind of soft-spoken because I feel like the women who I've worked <laughs> in rooms with kind of embody Listen that. Listen to me! Like, 90s, like very like, like yeah. I'm like a man. Like, well, like a I'm that way now. I feel like <laughs> as I'm getting older, I'm so la- I'm deaf. I'm so loud. I'm just always screaming. Um, you know, and when I was running a show, uh, it, it was very much on my mind to make sure that, like, we hire as many women as we do. We hired more women than we do men and, and mm-hmm. make sure, a, a, like, most of the director slots go to women and stuff. Um, and, you know, and that wasn't hard to do in right. any way. It wasn't like I was like, oh, where are these yeah. women? These are all these girls are so stupid, but I have to <laughs> hire them anyway. Like, it's not hard. Like, yeah. you just have to read everyone's scripts right. and yeah. pick the best ones. I do think the there was, when I first moved to L.A., there was a definite air of like female competitiveness because it felt mm. like there's one seat at the table yeah. for yeah. whether it's like an improv group or like a writer's room or whatever. Totally. Totally. But I think that there's a, a big shift happening that it's like yeah. women are a supporting each other and also realizing that we're not competing just against one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's hard we're not just, to feel that way. If you are competing, like when I was did improv in New York, like that, I don't think by their choice, but like that was the thing that like every Herald mm-hmm. team had two girls, two girls on it and yep. six, six guys. So like, yeah, it's hard not to feel that way if you are kind of competing for two slots when everybody else gets totally. to compete for exactly. six. Yeah, You're um, yeah. But I mean, you don't. The good thing is, like, it. The more there are female showrunners, the more that's like not an issue, or it's mm-hmm. just like not. You know, I think I don't think these guys who are making up rooms that are all men and one woman woman are like shitty guys or yeah. necessarily. Some are necessarily. Right. It's just like they're not like. I, and there are a lot of them are probably hiring them friend, their friends. Yeah, their friends. Who are you like know, them, yeah. white. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I do think I at least I'm hopeful that there's a shift. And you know, the more female showrunners there are, the more diversity will happen, at least gender wise. Yeah, all that jazz. Absolutely. Um, your great news is based on your relationship with your mom, right? That's right. Ooh. Yes. Um, has she seen the cut of the pilot? She has. She's seen um, a couple of the episodes. It's funny, like she, her personality, and it's the personality of the 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 mom on the show is like she like love loves life, loves Hollywood, like very <laughs> excited, like want, like loves fame, like very excited, um, like. To be not to be in the spotlight, but you know, like loves her kids and like wants them to to uh, be the most famous women in the world. But uh, it's funny, like I think my mother is a little nervous to see it because like she's seen the first couple and I showed her the finale when I was home over the holidays. But like she didn't want to watch the rest of them. She was like, ah, I want to be surprised. But I think she's also scared. Like there's going to be things that like 
are offensive or like hurt her feelings or like mm. uh, portray her or her girlfriends as like stupid imbeciles. Or <laughs> I don't think oh. is true, but like, I don't think that's true. Like the mom is like, a, I think a very lovable character. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting when like the show comes out and like on deadline, people are like, that mom's a bitch. I hate her. Um, you know, like I, I hope people don't say that. She's, I mean, mm-hmm. just the trailers. She just seems like, the kind of mom that you're just like, can I hang out with your mom? Yeah, she's just like a real mom. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And that's what my mom's like. Like, she's very maternal and and sort of, like, has a very, like, light sort of excited energy. Like, Mm -hmm. she she is fun to bring. And I've brought her to too many, like, too many, like, people think we're uh, Grey Gardens. Like, (laughs) like, too many, like, events and, like, award shows and stuff. And... The fun thing about bringing her around is she is, like, genuinely excited and wowed by things Mm -hmm. in a way that I think if you're out here for a long time that you could very easily be, like, kind of jaded and be, like... Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And be, like, "Eh, why don't these gift bags have, like, nicer cream in them (laughs) or whatever. But she, um, she's just, like, whoa, and free cupcakes and, and, you know, like, and, like, look, it's the guy from Castle. Like, she's just, like, excited. (laughs) Um, for everything. So, like, I, it's fun that the show is about her and that she she's kind of, like, along the ride for this. Mm-hmm. She's, like, she did an interview with, like, the New York Times. Stop it. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, we'll see how that goes. That's amazing. <laughs> when, when does that interview come out? I think yeah. right before. The show comes out April 25th. Oh. So it'll come out right before then, I think. Oh, my she God. Has I to love just it. Be loving her she life. I know. Really she's going to do one of those, like, how Kramer did for Seinfeld, like, one of those tours of the real great mm-hmm. news. Yeah. <laughs> Make a retirement I'm money. I'm signing up. I can't wait. Yeah. So if yeah. you weren't in TV, what would you be doing in some alternate universe? Um, I would... Oh, you know what I'd love to do? I don't know what I'd really do. Maybe, like, I would work in... Um, I always like to write. So maybe I would work in, like, journalism or something. Like, I was mm-hmm. an intern at CNN... Um, and kind of thought for a minute that maybe I'd want to do that. But it, if I'm really being honest, like I love to organize closets oh. and I love, oh, don't you love on hoarders? Um, the people <laughs> who come in and are like, this is the plan and have to like talk to the, and have they're to like, talk, but I want that rotted yeah, pumpkin. Yeah. And I have to talk the hoarder out of using the, but the rotted pumpkin, I can drink out of it. I can put my paper clips no, in it. So no, you're not going to put your paper clips <laughs> no. in a rotted pumpkin. It's like, it's really fun. And I do this. My mom's not a hoarder, but she is like a mom who just right. like mm-hmm. keeps a thousand platters or whatever. And I do this with her all the time, and it's really satisfying and kind of fun Ew. that she, like a hoarder, will be like, I, I need to keep this broken dish. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, why? And she's like, what if your sister has a shower, yeah. has a wedding well, shower? Well, I hope you don't I'll use serve. the broken dish. That would, be, yeah. that would show that my sister that you don't love her at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fun. So you're very organized. Your closets are... No. No? <laughs> no, I just like doing it for other people. <laughs> it's so much easier to go through other people's shit. Yeah, exactly. They don't no, I don't want to throw out my weird papers. Absolutely uh-huh. I just want to throw out other people's <laughs> I have a stapler that doesn't work uh-huh. that I've moved from like three places that like... But one day. I have a banana cutter that, like, because how hard is it to cut a banana? That, like, you do it in one foul swoop. Like, just press it down. It's banana-shaped, and you press it down in the bag to come with me to every place I've ever lived. Is that the banana cu- cutter that has but, so many hilarious reviews on Amazon? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, my, my cousin who got me the banana cutter sent me that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Maybe I you should keep that. That's yeah, I'll special. keep it. I'm never going to use yeah. it. I don't even like bananas. No. And also, when you have a banana, it's literally the softest fruit. Like, <laughs> yeah. how hard and is it to cut? You can cut? chew it with your face. You can yeah, <laughs> chew it with your face. You, like, And that banana has to be the perfect size and shape. It's so, so flawed. Slope. Yeah, you're so right. Because, like, most bananas I get, they're just like that or something. They're but like this banana cutter is like a crescent moon. Y- you're right. Yeah. It's never going to work. No, no, but that guy that invented the banana cutter is just mm-hmm. like, well, I'm laughing all the way to the bank, guys, <laughs> with my banana cutter millions. Oh my I have one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, in 10 years, mm-hmm. do you, what would you like to be doing? What would you like your life to look like? Oh, God, that's a good question. Um, you know, like, I hope I hope my show is a success. Like, that would be nice. And, uh, you know, I kind of, like, I, I look to, like, Tina and Mindy and what they have done Tina post her show and, and Mindy now nearing the end of it. It's like, I I think it, the dream is like you have a successful show on the air for like seven or eight years or whatever. Um, you rake in that, uh, that sweet, 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 sweet money. Mm -hmm. What, wait, what's the, (laughs) why like having a stroke? Why can't I think of any words? What's the thing like, uh, when, when you finally like make residuals, not residuals, like when you finally like, like pay dirt, mother load. Yeah. But uh, like that thing, like when, when they sold friends, like all the executive producers got like the big thing, you know what I'm talking about? Syndication. There yes. we go. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Oh, but that's like, what I meant to say when I said residuals. Yeah. I meant mother That load. was the word. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm really afraid of. It's like, this is all great, except every year I get stupider and I remember less words. Oh my God. Same. I forgot the word what? for microscope for like four weeks. I was like, what is that word? And you work in a science no. lab. That's, um, that, yeah. But like, that's, that's really troubling. But yeah. I, I find that with a lot of, don't tell men, but I find that with like all my feelings. My friends are like same Why? and like have a baby, forget it. Oh god. Where it's I'm just like I don't have words anymore. Same. But it's like if you think if your job is to think up words, yeah. like what do you do? It's very scary. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully like this show's like a hit and by season seven I can just be in you the don't corner have to think about any more doing words my crafts ever, yeah. and you can somebody be still else. Alice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And someone else can be running it. Yeah, Some absolutely. young man. But um <laughs> yeah, I you know, I I'd hope that it would be a success. Um, and that I then after that, like, I don't know, would try to produce and help other people create their shows, you know, which I think is probably, I imagine like satisfying. Um, also you can like make a bunch of them and just give notes and like rake in the dough. But, but beyond that, I think it's probably, I, I would imagine creatively satisfying as well that you kind of like shepherd people up, uh, who like have worked on your shows and who you've written with and like, and then help them sort of develop their own thing. I think I would like to do that probably. Yeah. I don't know. Or like, I'll be a stay at home mom. I don't <laughs> do it both notes and a baby. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think, I hope that that's the future really is other women helping women to yeah. move up and to work on their craft. Um, the cleanest closets in the just world. Just with beautiful California just closets. wonderful. Oh, like uh, every type of wood. Do yeah. closets ever have windows in them? My closet has a window in I it. I want a closet with a but window. But it's not, don't think my closet's like really nice. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, just like. beautiful. It just has a window. little. <laughs> it, has, it has like a little window just on the side. But it's like, you can walk into it, but it's mm. not like one of those with right. like a. Um, like a seat in the middle. A seat, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the sitting area. You might and need to escape from that window at some point. Yeah, that's just might it. Prove important. I can't find yeah. anything to wear. Uh, <laughs> just gonna jump out of my window. Who cares? Oh. Uh, 
Um, um, okay, I have a question. And uh, I, yeah, is there anything that you think would you'd like to be addressed on TV that hasn't really been? In, ge- um, in general? In general, it could be comedy or it can be... I, I feel like we're seeing so many new things. Like I think about Insecure um, and seeing uh, that side of like... Um, educated African-American women. And I right. I, like I haven't seen that on TV and that was yeah. really exciting for me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I can only, um, I feel like when I was creating my show, I kind of could only do it. Obviously everyone wants to, you know, make something that's like groundbreaking and has something incredibly important to say. Um, and, you know, I hope my show has something to say, but, but for me, like I was kind of like, coming from my own experience. And so mm-hmm. it was sort of like, I wanted to write a story that was true to me. Like I, I love the changing face of television. And I feel like the more like women who could be speaking from their specific, uh, weird experiences, the better. And like how excited, like, you know, like Issa Rae, like transparent, like, um, orange is the new black. Like it's, it's so cool to kind of see worlds that like, Oh yeah, I didn't even think, I didn't even think that there were people in that world who had feelings and emotions and stories to tell and stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think like the more, the more of that, the better I'll say like, I've always worked in network television. I love network television. I could, I wouldn't, and I couldn't create a transparent, like I, number one, wanted to make a show that was, like, really fucking funny and that had funny jokes in it and that, like, made people laugh. And so that was, like, thing number one. And thing number two, I mean, the show takes place in a, at a cable news show. And so I feel like we shot the whole first season before the election. So uh, hopefully the show doesn't look like we're just, like, some pro-Trump propaganda that never mentioned his presidency and just make it seem like everything's going really well in the world. But, you know, I think if we were given a season two, I think there's definitely a lot to say about not you can't make jokes about like current events or or politics really right. because you're shooting stuff that's going to air in months um in the case of my pilot that is airing a year from when it was shot but you can definitely you know make commentary on the news and you know how people get news and and what's fake news and um you know hopefully we can do stories that that feel a little deeper uh than just like someone's foot gets stuck in a toilet. But I like mm-hmm. those stories too. Those yeah. Are fun. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a balance between foot, toilet. Yeah. And fake mm-hmm. news. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I, I felt like it was a priority for me to make sort of a happy, hopeful show. It's yeah. about my mm-hmm. mom and uh, she is sort of like a happy, hopeful person. Um, you know, that said, like everything can't be that. Like, <laughs> but there, I, I <laughs> the definitely, yeah, we were talking before about how it feels so dire right now. And yeah. like, even some comedies are still like, add on to that dire feeling. So having something that can like lift you up even just for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I hope man. so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I like, and, and I think like if also like a, like a story about like, you know, it's, it's not transparent. I don't think it's, I don't think my show's groundbreaking, but you know, it's a story about women and it's a story specifically at its core about a relationship between two women, Mm -hmm. not between like a woman and a bunch of guys she's dating, not, you know, not between a woman and, you know, her, her dad or her husband or her boss or whatever. It's like two women. And that's what the show's about. And, and it's also about like, you know, my mom was a stay at home mom 
my entire life. And she volunteered and stuff. And now she works uh, for my dad as a paralegal. But she, um, you know, I really got the idea for the show, for the idea of a woman in her 60s kind of being like, yeah, I didn't like marry Tyler Moore at 30 years ago, but Mm -hmm. like, why can't I do it now? Yeah. You know, and why can't me and and my 30-year-old daughter sort of make it after all at the same time? And I'll be, I'll have the giant career I always wanted when I'm 90 or whatever. And, and, you know, so I do feel like, I hope people uh, feel hopeful watching the show. Mm -hmm. And I hope, I hope women especially kind of feel not empowered, but just sort of like a little more excited than, you know, than, than I've felt being a woman in the past (laughs) couple months. You know, I hope it's just, I hope it makes people happy. Definitely. And that's pretty revolutionary too. And specific, I think the more specific roles for women that aren't like, like hot girlfriend. Right. Or like, or like bitch mom. Yeah. Yeah. You see moms a lot, but they're like, yeah, you know, like they either are like appalling, appalling, yeah. riddled with problems. Like yeah. I was like a terrible drug addict, and and now I'm and back. Now I'm like, back, or just like annoying, yeah, just yeah. like or a like bitch nurturing, that, like they're nurturing, right, or know, rolling like, their ugh. eyes at their like fat, horrible husband yeah. or whatever. Well, that the is fact like, that yeah. you have at like in your core cast an older one of your main characters yeah. is, is an older female. That's that she's so is funny awesome. too, and mm-hmm. and letting her be. So funny too. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, feels really good, and I'm excited for people to see. Like, um, she's she's 70 years old, and she's That's just amazing. like amazing. Yeah, she I just like it. is a marionette. Who she's so funny and so good. And mm-hmm. and I, you know, I knew her just her work from. She was on an episode of 30 Rock, and I knew her from like Broadway and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, she and you know she was in my big fat Greek wedding, Andrew yeah. Martin, but she, um, you know, she hasn't been like the star of a show in the same way. So yeah. like, I'm excited for people to like everyone to kind of see her and see how good she is. Got a 70 year old woman as like the focal point of a network show. Yeah. Like <laughs> immediately know, canceled. No one, interested. <laughs> no one interested. No, thank you. No. Bye. No. Yeah. Um, so when you are done, like after a long day, which I'm sure you had a lot of when you were running great news, <laughs> what do you like? We just talked about The Bachelor, but do you have any mm-hmm. other just, like, I'm going to watch the show and I'm going to... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I watch, like, a lot of... I watch, like, trash TV as I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, yeah, I try... Like, I try... Especially on the weekends, I try to really... Like, when we're working really hard, I try to do, like, one day where I, like, don't drink caffeine and don't... And, like... And like try to sleep as much as I can. And you can't do it both days because like when you're running a show, like you would, I would just have to like kind of work on every Sunday, like, cause mm-hmm. you have to put out a script and stuff. Yeah. So like you do have to work one day, but like taking one day that you're like, I'm not doing anything and this can wait until, and also like, I always thought when I was running a show, like, oh, you must just be thinking about the show all the time. And you totally can because like you always have story problems you need to fix and stuff. But like. I, I, I was trying, I tried to be good about like, you don't have to think about it all the time. Like Mm -hmm. you're not going to come up with an idea right now. That's so much better than if you just wait to like seven, uh, you know, call time on Monday morning and you start thinking about it, like, you know, and trying to like turn your, or like right now, you know, like we, and I don't know if my show will get a second season, but if it does, like, you know, there's. I think like a younger me would have been like, okay, well I have to take these months and think of the best story. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't like no, you, yeah. you can think of the stories with other people later. Yeah. Have a life right now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Live it. So yeah, yeah, I have no life. Right now. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch watching Dr. Phil. I do nothing, but um, yeah, but it's good. It, yeah. I think yeah. it's like a break. I kind of need. That's good. Cool. Yeah. Mm, I love, um, 
do you have any advice for young women listening to this podcast who look up to you and your career and who you are, um, just to make them feel stronger? Oh, oh, I hope so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think like what I would say is like, I, I struggled a lot and I don't know if it's specifically a female thing, but like I struggled a lot when I was first starting with like, just being like really nasty to myself and, um, kind of like any, anything I, any small success I had would be like, so just immediately overrun with like, but you can't do it. And they're going to find out that you can't do it. And Mm -hmm. like, you're terrible. Mm -hmm. And like everything you, you know, just like to a point where it's paralyzing and it's like, I don't know, (laughs) no way around it. And, but it's like, it's something, and I feel like it's such a common thing that kind of like mean sensor voice. And I feel like a lot of people talk about it and stuff, but I do find that, um, one thing that kind of like I, I do feel like getting older helps do, practicing more and more helps yeah. right but also at a certain point you just have to like be an adult and be like no shush shush, shush. like you're it's mm-hmm. fine what you're doing is fine and like that kind of um that kind of like running nasty dialogue is like only not helpful mm-hmm. you know um I also feel like once I became a boss and started running my own show like I I learned to kind of overcome that in a much bigger way because it's like if you're writing a movie by yourself or if you're like lower level on a staff, like you, you have, um, the luxury of kind of being like, well, this is a piece of shit. This is going really bad or whatever. But like, if you're fully in charge Mm -hmm. and you, you know, I, I learned pretty quickly and you say something like that, everyone's just like, Oh, well, (laughs) uh, (laughs) wait, so you don't have a plan either. So like you, I, I like, you know, I would find myself sometimes being like, is this whole episode really bad? And then I'd see the people around me being like, Oh, I don't know. Is it, is it? And like, sort of like the ground falling apart below you. So like you do, you know, I felt kind of like, you know, a lot of the writers were older than me and more experienced than me, but I did feel sort of like responsible for being mature and not kind of bringing that sort of energy into it and not, you know, not like beating myself up or doubting things too much or wasting time on that, you know? And I mean, that's like the biggest battle with anything like you're, you know, no, like, it, it sounds like cheese ballish, but like, you know, you, you're not going to, like, you're not going to convince anyone that you're good at something. Like if you think you suck. Mm-hmm, right. So like that, that That's was so and is, and continues to be like the biggest struggle for me, like even trying new things and like, um, like I, I'm acting in a role on the show and like, uh, you know, I, I was surprised that like what, what a kind of like, uh, like headache that not not headache in a bad way but kind of like what a a mind a mind fuck that turned out to be where Mm -hmm. it was like oh like I'm used to being really good at things and it's like this I don't have as much experience with and I'm like very and I'm used to being in control too and it's like "Eh, was that good wait can you play it back for me on the thing oh it wasn't good like you know where I'm like oh god why are you doing this that like anytime you try something new like that voice is gonna like come back and just kind of like, I don't know, having the maturity or something mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, be quiet. I don't need to listen to you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I okay. love it. And I'm taking that advice. Oh, yeah, good, good. good. That everybody has that I know, negative I have to voice. Take that right? Just like. And just tell it to shut up. Yeah. 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 Right? RuPaul on, um, not to bring this into RuPaul. We no, can't, though. Please. But RuPaul uh, talked about a, a similar thing on 
RuPaul's Drag Race, the best show in the world. The yes. best. Um, but, and he uh, he had he had some name that I forgot now, but it was like Natasha or something for that mean voice in his head, and mm-hmm. it was just like Natasha, quiet. <laughs> Uh, we don't need you right now. Oh, Natasha. Yeah. <laughs> something, something like that, yeah. Somebody take Natasha home. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wish yeah. we could sit and talk about RuPaul's Drag Race for the next hour, but... Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to let you go. Yeah. Okay. The rest of your Saturday. Thank Thanks, you guys. so much yeah, for coming. This is so really much. nice. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, this was, was wonderful. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Goodbye. Right. Goodbye. <laughs> Boss Bitch Podcast is produced by Sammy Junio. Our theme song is by the incredible Chiffon Mist featuring Cassandra Violet. And... Hosted by me, Lindsay Herbert Silberman. And me, Rebecca Lee. Thanks for listening.